This is Hemet. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. Get your bonus episodes. Get ad-free episodes. Listen, we got your emails about the volume not working the way you want it to work. We're working on it. If any of you are sound tech people, uh, give us... Uh, give us a hello and help us if you can, and we will take your help or yeah. something. But we tried playing with some stuff, and we'll see if it works. It sounds okay on our end, so that's... Don't... See, that's what's happening. He's pointing at his microphone as if he can't hear me. You can hear me. I, no one can hear you Ugh. unless you're screaming at the top of your lungs. Okay. I do want to say thank you to some of our more recent supporters. They include... Uh, Patreon supporters. They include Joe H., Blake R., Robert F., Tiffany F., Platypus Bear, Jordan <laughs> H., Roger... Kirby C, Kara R, and Christy R. Thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. Thanks, gang. And um, I figured, do you want to jump right into it? Does that note say Jesus wept? Uh, no, oh. but close. I would love that. Jesus okay. did weep for many reasons. <laughs> this is one of them. Uh, so there is, have you heard of Russell Moore? Mm, the judge? Sure, no. Or the no, that's Canada Roy thing? Moore. He's the pedophile guy oh. from Alabama. Not him. Okay. Um, so Russell Moore used to be a leader in the Southern Baptist Convention. He headed up their uh, religion, uh, what was it called? Like their ethics board. Oh, boy. Which, yeah, that's a full-time <laughs> job. And his... <laughs> Historically, it feels like people who work on ethics boards are... Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Mm, Got all the words in there. So he used to do that. Worked for the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm -hmm. Then he's like, you guys are being a little too racist and too sexual harassy. Even for this gentleman. Even for him. So he's like, I'm going to leave. I can't be with this anymore. Now he works as editor-in-chief of Christianity Today. Okay, fine. Pretty good publication, yeah. right? I mean, they do good news work. Yeah. I disagree with their opinions, but whatever. Yeah, sure, but the journalism is But the is journalism's sound. fine. So he's the editor-in-chief of that. He does a regular opinion column there. And usually it's more of a, hey, fellow Christians, what are we doing here? <laughs> okay, fine. So recently, uh, I think he came out with a book. I'm not sure. But he did an interview on NPR. And they talked about the fact that, uh, you know, it seems like, they talk about demographic changes, the uh, number of people affiliated with Southern Baptist, mm-hmm. Christianity in general is going down. You know, what's going on there? What are the struggles people face in Southern Baptist churches, in conservative Christianity, in evangelical churches? Mm-hmm. And one of the things he talked about is that it's kind of weird because the teachings of Jesus are not being embraced by the people in the pews, he said. What? It's almost like the joke I make every single week (laughs) on this very podcast. That was part of my reaction to hearing the interview and reading stuff he has written about this, which is, yeah, dude, we've been telling you all this for a very long time. Yeah. So he his basic argument, and I'll read you his quote in a second. He said, like, if you tell Christians you're supposed to turn the other cheek or help marginalized people, they would basically call you weak. So here's the actual quotation, all right? And again, he's talking about how so many white evangelicals have gone full MAGA that Mm. if you talk about stuff Jesus talked about on the Sermon of the Mount, where he said, yeah, feed the poor, embrace peace, help the least of these, they Mm -hmm. need you, all that stuff. He said, the way you treat the least of us is the way you treat me or something like that. Something like that. So he's saying, he's saying, if we said that from the pulpit and granted, he's not a pastor, but he's saying, I've talked to many pastors who said this. If you say that from the pulpit, people look at you like you're a weirdo. Here's the exact quote. Um, 
It was the result of having multiple pastors tell me, essentially, the same story about quoting the Sermon on the Mount, parenthetically in their preaching, turn the other cheek, and to have someone come up after to say, where did you get those liberal talking points? (laughs) And what was alarming to me is that in most of these scenarios, when the pastor would say, I am literally quoting Jesus Christ, the response would not be, I apologize. The response would be, yes, but that doesn't work anymore. That's weak. And when we get to the point where the teachings of Jesus himself are seen as subversive to us, Hmm. then we're in a crisis. That's interesting. It is. And I saw so many headlines about this exact line, because, of course, the headlines are all like, Jesus is weak, say evangelicals. Which, which is a fair pull quote, if I'm being honest. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I mean, they'll put weak in quotation marks, but that's, yeah, that is what Russell Moore was saying. Do you happen to know, has, uh, I remember back in 2015 when the Trump, everything was starting to to, to ramp up. I want to say maybe This American Life, there was a priest who went on and was kind of bemoaning this thing of, like, I don't recognize my parishioners anymore. I don't know what their values are, and I don't know where that's coming from. I'm very curious if it's the same guy or if it's just such a universal experience. That I don't know if Russell Moore was talking about that stuff back then, and I do want to I do want to quote a pastor who is saying pretty much what you're talking about. Mm. Um And I will say Russell Moore was sounding the alarm on Donald Trump in 2015 as well. But um, just to back up for a second, people like him are not totally unusual, even in their circles. Like there are a small handful of white evangelicals, some of them in prominent positions, who are rock solid conservatives in every way we would consider them to be, Mm -hmm. but who have been disturbed by Donald Trump and how he basically took over their party, Mm -hmm. their religion, the four criminal indictments now and a rape charge are not helping. No. Yeah. I mean, these people would almost certainly vote for any generic Republican. Mm -hmm. Just throw a body at me. I'll vote for it. But Trump gives them pause. Mm -hmm. Like I said, not a bunch of them. Right. Just some (laughs) 80% of white evangelicals roughly voted for Trump in 2016 and again in 2020. But it's a little different, and this is what you were referring to, when we're talking about pastors Mm. who are saying, you guys, let's focus on Jesus or, you know, basic human decency. (laughs) And then they realize their churches want nothing to do with any of it. So maybe this is some version of what you're talking about. Uh, But it wasn't from 2015. Last year, the New York Times spoke with a couple of pastors. One of them, uh, his name was Kevin Thompson. He was an Arkansas pastor. He was basically booted out of his church, pressured out of his church for not being Mm. MAGA enough. Mm. You know, if he spoke against abortion, he said, like, they had no problem with it uh, because everyone was anti-abortion. They saw that as a matter of biblical truth. Mm. But if he spoke about race in ways that made his church uncomfortable, they considered that politics and not biblical. And Mr. Thompson suspected it was proof to some church members that he was not as conservative as they thought. And this kind of snowballed after a while to the point where he's like, "This, I don't recognize this church anymore, Mm -hmm. even though it's my church. Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave. So Russell Moore has had a front row seat to the shift because he's been in positions of power in conservative white evangelical circles for several years. So when he says he's concerned, mm. okay, it's it's something coming from him. NPR said, like, what do you think is the cause of this political problem where so many of these white evangelicals are, are very Trumpy? His answer was disconnection, loneliness, 
sense of alienation. Like a lot of these guys feel lonely and ignored. And so Trump gives them someone who they think is looking out for them. I, mm-hmm. I think that's where he was going with that. I think there's some truth to that, but I think he's missing the more obvious red flags. This is where I appreciate what he said, but also, dude, look in the mirror, okay? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. people like him have spent decades embracing right-wing extremism. Right. Uh, opposed LGBTQ rights. Opposed abortion rights. No exceptions. Mm-hmm. Opposed public schools teaching sex education and books that might be challenging and mm-hmm. science. Uh, they oppose public schools, period. I mean, these are not recent. Mm-hmm. They've been doing this stuff for decades. Those of us who are old and remember the George W. Bush administration, mm-hmm. it's not like... Re- uh, conservative Christians, white evangelicals were like sane and rational and reasonable back then. Mm -hmm. They were batshit crazy then too with their political ideas. So this is not new. But I think here's the why I'm mad at more about this for not recognizing this. When a president comes around and instead of doing what most politicians used to do, which is to say, They pay them lip service. Mm -hmm. They say, I appreciate you because you're a person of God. Mm -hmm. And so am I. Great. We all in America believe in the Christian God and everyone else can shut up. Um, Finally, someone comes around in 2016, 2015 and says, yeah, you guys are morally right. I'm going to put you in positions of power so you can push these views on everybody else. I'll nominate judges who are the crazies you want me to nominate. Mm -hmm. Of course, they embrace the guy. Yeah. Like, Trump did what no politician in a position of power had ever done before, which is give evangelical Christians, white evangelicals, like, everything they wanted. Mm -hmm. So now for Russell Moore to say, I can't believe these people are too Trumpy and they see Jesus as weak. This is what you wanted. It's very much, I never thought the the face-eating leopards party would ever eat my face. Like, it's... It's like he set this thing in motion with no. Honestly, I feel like a lot of um, a lot of issues that have come up time and time and again with sort of the evangelical right movement is a lack of any kind of forethought or or future planning. It it, it seems to me to be very much like what feels good now. Right now, we're angry and and whatever. Yeah. Um. I think a lot of politicians for years, they could always uh, truthfully tell their Republican base, like, sure, I am with you in principle. Of course, women who have abortions should be put to death or whatever they like to do. But I don't have the power to enact those laws. I would if I could. You just need to elect more of me, but I can't do it. And then Trump's like, oh, you want crazy judges? I got a whole bunch of them for you. Oh, you want to sit next to me in the Oval Office and put your hand on my shoulder and, you know, say magical incantations? Like right there. You want me to gas these protesters so I can stand in front of a church? Done. Um, So, again, this is what Moore wanted. But that's kind of what what I'm trying to drive toward is that they want what they want now. They want to outlaw abortion. They want to make things worse for black people for whatever reason, as if it's as if they have it easy now. All of these things, because they want right now. They want power. They want money. They want whatever right now. And it seems to me that not a single one of them it has any kind of long-term game plan in terms of like, okay, well, what's going to happen when we do get Roe v. Wade overturned, 
are people going to be mad about it and maybe <laughs> abandon our cause? Uh-oh. Like, are we going to have a way like, to take care of these kids? Are we going to push for it uh, help is. for those people who probably wanted an abortion, couldn't get it, don't have the resources? What mm-hmm. are we doing to help them? They didn't have any of their shit in order. I, and so I, I and think of that's what kills off. me about sort of the evangelical movement in general is they want all this power, but they also believe or say they believe and govern as if Jesus is going to come back tomorrow and and start the apocalypse. Or yeah, however he'll that clean works. up our mess by like, destroying the earth how, and taking us with him like first. How can we put people in charge who genuinely don't care about the future because they don't believe it exists? Yeah, climate change. And why do they like, want to be in charge them. if they don't believe the future exists? And don't believe the government should be doing anything. That's that always bothers me about Republicans it specifically. Really I hate the government. I want to destroy the government. Let me be your president. I mean, I think Newt Gingrich was the original troll, right? Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to get as much power as I can in order to dismantle said power. Like, right. he's just a fucking twerp. Um, so, to Moore's credit, like, this is a guy who called on Trump to resign before his term ended mm. in uh, 2020. He said he, or 2021. What was the inciting thing that made him? The insurrection. And Moore said he needs to leave now, like a couple weeks. I mean, it took that long. I I did a pretty big eye roll that Hammond just responded to. Like, oh, yeah, it took you till January 2020 to realize that maybe. 2021. Uh Uh Uh-huh. To realize maybe this guy isn't great. Isn't so great. Uh, Russell Moore said he would have voted for Trump's second impeachment if he was in Congress. uh, But not the first. Who fucking cares, dog? Right. The implication is that... if more evangelicals, is that a brag, by the way? Yeah, he thinks that's a brag. That's the not implication a brag. That's is that if just more <laughs> holding truth as something that's important, which I thought was the whole fucking thing. That means Russell Moore would have been fine with Trump extorting Ukraine. Oh yeah. Oh, he doesn't. <laughs> but the give insurrection a sh- was annoying. He's mad because he lost all his buddies. He doesn't yeah. give a shit about the state of the country. The implication is that if more white evangelicals shared Russell Moore's views, the future of conservative Christianity would be a lot stronger. I think that's what he thinks. I think that's a fair assessment. Assessment of where he right. thinks he's going. The problem is that Moore's views are the problem. Mm-hmm. Trump only like shone a spotlight on right. them and gave them the issues, but like the problems were their beliefs. Like, yeah, Moore might embrace whatever Jesus said somewhat more than others who mm-hmm. share his label, but he's on board with all the bigotry and all the other horrific things. He is still, by the way, Russell Moore. Still anti-LGBTQ rights, still thinks women should be forced to give birth against their will. He has said he defends pro-Trump Christians who voted their conscience as if any of those people had a conscience. They were guided by rationality or heartfeltness. So what you're saying is he's 99% on board with everything Trump did, but he just doesn't like the red hat. And he doesn't like the insurrection, which, Mm. yeah, but that wasn't all, buddy. Um, Here's where it gets even weirder. In 2021... Well, now it's hurting him personally. (laughs) Remember when he left the Southern Baptist Convention? In 2021, Mm. he joined a church that was not affiliated with the SBC, which maybe that's a shift toward a more progressive form of Christianity. Maybe that's good. Mm. But that new church, which is called Emmanuel Nashville, had at least one pastor who supported a known abuser... Um, That church also signed on to something called the Nashville Statement, which we've talked about in the past, which is one of the most vicious anti-LGBTQ documents Mm -hmm. you will ever read. And by the way, the same church also believes only qualified men can hold leadership roles. That's the new church this guy signed on to saying, oh, the SBC is a little too Trumpy here. Let me let me join another. Here we go. These are my people. It's like. 
that this is it, also bad. He's like the best apple in a rotting orchard. I, like, I, it's not saying very much about you that this is the best you can do. I think this is another incident of, um, what's it called, the, the narcissism of small differences. Like, you t- the people you tend to dislike tend to be very similar to you, except for maybe one thing. Uh-huh. And I feel like that's what I'm seeing here is like, oh, fuck Trump. I hate everything he stands for, except for all the things that I actually agree with. But fuck Trump. Right. Like, he, it, it, like, the fact that he is blind to the fact that Trump did all the things that he wanted him to do, but just under a bad guys yeah he he doesn't say it nicely russell moore will always couch this stuff in more palatable language so it always sounds like he's saying something smart and wise and useful and then it's like but you're saying the same horrible bigoted stuff just religion yeah russell moore seems to think our country would be in a better place if christian leaders you know volunteered at a food pantry before telling middle school rape victims to give birth um by the way christianity today which again I know some of their news people. They do good work. Mm. Um, But their opinion side is their opinion side. Their opinion side believes committed gay and lesbian couples are, and I'm quoting, destructive to society. Mm. That's the group he now leads. So if you're just delivering... Just really quick. Just really quick. Just super quick. Married uh, gay couples... Josh Duggar, fine. Uh, ...are better than Christians who stormed the Capitol. Mm, I Which would he like, doesn't like either, but right. he is still pointing to but what if his married. publication is pointing to. But if they're married, that the true evil is <laughs> married lesbians. Yes, that's correct. If you look at the I pyramid, know several sets of married lesbians. I don't think you guys have to worry about them coming for you. You, you remember how Mad Magazine has that fold in in the back of every issue. That you could fool. Okay, well, it was I was cute. born in the 1980s, oh my not the God. 1940s. Thank so. you. So, Christianity Today, in the back of its magazine, should come out with like a little pyramid of order, like mm-hmm, hierarchy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like straight married white couples mm-hmm. at the top. At the top. Uh, lesbian. With children. Ooh, with children. Of course, of course. Unmarried women. Ho oh, ho. Have boy. fun at the bottom of the pyramid. God help them, they have cats. Uh huh. Lesbian couples. I mean, maybe every month you would like see the rankings and you could see like a billboard oh, chart like, who's change. Who's the most dangerous person? Yeah. Right yes. now, so like this last six months, it's yes. been drag queens, right? But maybe we're but they've fallen off the charts this week because we're going after someone who promoted we're Bud Light. We're shifting towards yeah the Birkenstock and Subaru set. Yes. <laughs> okay, like listen, this. Christianity. I like this idea. Uh, Christianity today. Get yeah. on that, and yeah, if you yeah. don't want to. I will get on that TM, and do... TM, TM, TM. You cannot make money off this. It's our idea. Got it. Yes. Friendly Atheist Incorporated? Right. Yes. Um, if anything, I might argue Trump is actually an easy target for more because he allows people like more to point to him, Trump, <laughs> as the problem with what happened to their religion when the problems existed long before that. Yep. Like, Trump followed these people. It wasn't the other way True. around. Yeah, do you think Trump has <laughs> any original ideas besides being racist? He doesn't. He no, he looks at where the heard. power is, and yeah. he's like, all right, and I'll just do what, what they, they want. Say. Yeah. I What I don't get about the Republican... Uh, other presidential nominees is none of them seem to understand how Trump plays the game. Like mm. Ron DeSantis's debate tips were leaked today and it's basically don't go after Trump. It's like, are, are you aware you're supposed to try to beat him? But his entire strategy is go after like the third place guy. Don't Wait, go after the guy in first. This is interesting. That's this next Wednesday, by the way, I've we'll heard- get to Oh boy. We'll get to talk about the first debate next week. But yeah, like oh, there boy. Are none we of them debate season? None of them will attack Trump except Chris Christie who's just like 
I can get on stage and I can go kamikaze, but no one's going to like Christie me. Christie is really rowing his own canoe at this point. Oh, hey, he is not following any sort Listen, of anything. Let I'm, him throw bombs for the primaries for a few weeks truly, and then quit. It'll be fine. We do need more chaotic neutral elements in the Republican <laughs> Party because they're so full of lawful evil. Um, so I really think that Chris Christie is going to be <laughs> our guy to watch this week. Oh, it'll be fine. Um, because everyone else is just like, what they're doing to then, Trump is not good because Trump is great. And it's like, well, then I'll vote for him and not you. Yeah, I'm confused. Like How two brown people you... on stage and Tim Scott. There's a second brown person? Nikki yeah. Haley and the other uh, Vivek. Vivek. Oh, boy. Oh. These poor kids. And oh, all of them love Trump. Finally they all love Trump. On the Republican no, side. they are I mean, not representation. Yes, we They do can. not represent yes. my people. <laughs> brown lives matter. Stop it. <laughs> Those are not I my people. I cannot believe we're Pete in debate Buttigieg season. is my people compared to them. Yeah, you really are more aligned with the <laughs> Pete Buttigieg than any of the brown guys over on, on, the, on uh-huh. the right. Um, I, oh, yo, yo, how does one enter a political race when the previous... He's not the incumbent. What do you call it? No, he's the... Well, he's the guy beating their asses is the well, answer. Well, regardless, like, you can't run against somebody who already has a statistical advantage because yeah. he's already been the president and hashtag re- name recognition. Yeah, if you're going to run also, against him, say why you're better and he sh- so he's not why better. why would you run against somebody who you can't criticize for fear of losing your people? That's what everyone would like to know about Ron DeSantis' yeah, strategy. I'm asking you. Uh, and you do this shit for a oh, living, you tell my, me. My advice to Ron DeSantis is exactly what his people are telling him. Oh, yeah, buddy, don't go after Trump. No, no, no. Just tell people how awesome things are in Florida with with you know rising that, everything. Did you know that there's a resurgence of leprosy in central Florida? Of, yeah. There sure is. Actually, they're trying to call it uh, My- Myers disease, maybe? They'll Something br- like that. They'll, They'll blame it on trans people. Give them a week. Oh, they absolutely will. And truly, like, <laughs> I would just listen to Sawbones about it. And <laughs> truly, doctors are like, are they fucking armadillos in Central Florida? <laughs> because armadillos are the only animals who can also spread leprosy, which is a fun fact I happen I know. to know off I the am, top of my head. I cannot wait. Like, again, stupid things for me to binge watch, but mm. Republican debates, one of them. Yeah, that might be. Ooh, do you want to watch together? No. Why? I don't want to go out. Oh, we can get lightly stoned and make fun <laughs> of them. It'll be so much fun. That's what I'm going to do already. <laughs> um, Last weekend, I had my in-laws over, and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You too can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. 
Sign up today at ButcherBox.com friendly and use code friendly to choose your free for a year offer. Plus, get $20 off your first order. That's a good segue. Let's talk about Baylor, because I don't think this story has gotten as much traction as I think it deserves to get. Baylor the college. What do you know about Baylor University? Honestly, I'm surprised I knew it was a college. (laughs) Do they have a strong neuroscience program? Uh, Maybe. I I think think pretty much every college I've ever heard of will claim dibs on we have a strong neuroscience everything. Sure. I'm sure they do. Private Baptist school in Waco, Texas. They do sports ball of many flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's what it's in Waco. I had, uh huh. I would have bet my life that it was a Northeastern college. It sounded very uh-huh. uh, uh, like upper crust. <laughs> We're going to Baylor. Yeah. Well, here's what happened this week. I'll give you the top line, then I'll dig into this. The Department of Education this week, mm. uh, not this week, recently, the Department of Education, the Biden administration told Baylor this week, you have permission to ignore uh, the anti-discrimination uh, rules we make everyone obey because um, because you say it violates your religious beliefs. And Baylor is a public... It's a private school, a private but school. the federal government does give money to private schools for secular reasons. Okay. For example, they say, hey, we have... I'm making this up, but like we have professors who want to do research into this thing. Well, that happens at a lot of colleges, mm-hmm. right? Like we, they have professors who want to do this research right. and maybe it uh, moves forward on something the government wants to study. Sure. They can give grant money to those schools. Baylor has grant money for a lot of different things. Students who go there can file their FAFSA and get federal aid for school, all that. So the federal government can give money to Waco and Waco students mm-hmm. in ways that don't necessarily further their religious goals. But the basic rules are for anyone who wants federal money, yeah. whether you're public or private, you do have to obey some basic ground rules. One of them is uh, you got to take sexual harassment complaints seriously. But that's so much work and for boys to do. That is what Baylor said. Sorry, we cannot get on board with that. And then the government recently said, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Wait, okay, I'm so That's sorry. The story. I thought we were drilling towards like anti-gay laws. Oh, it kind of is a mix. So here's, let me give you some wait, more details. Wait, wait, hold the fucking phone. You are telling me. I'll move me... a step down for you, as in like the next level of this. <sighs> okay, yeah. Baylor asked the government, "Can we be exempt from the sexual harassment provision of Title IX, which normally holds school accountable if they?" Uh, for such violations. Like, okay, sexual harassment happens everywhere. We know that. Mm-hmm. It is your job as a college to investigate it, to make sure you take action if your college believes a line was crossed. Mm-hmm. Like, because the government can't do this for every school. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say, if we don't think you're taking it seriously, yeah, we can withhold federal funding. Baylor said, please don't do that in the case of sexual harassment. And the government said, eh, sure, why not? My fight or flight has been activated, yes. and I am feeling very tense and unhappy. Uh-huh. Oh, it'll get there. Keep, it'll keep going. Okay. So Baylor's now the first school to uh-huh. receive an exemption, uh, exemption that will allow it to keep receiving taxpayer dollars even though it's allowing certain kinds Imagine of anti-LGBTQ harassment. Up in the morning and saying, today's the day. Today is the day I am finally going to make sure that victims of harassment get no support from my college and there are no reproduction. Mm-hmm. Repro- not repercussions. repercussions. There we go. Got it. So here's the backstory here, because this is important, because I did not see these specifics uh, in a lot of news stories about what it. In 2021, there was a student at the school. She has since graduated. 
Um, but a former student, her name is Veronica, I think, Penales. She filed a lawsuit against Baylor. And actually, there were a lot of other plaintiffs joining this lawsuit against their schools. And in her specific case, she wanted the government to end its, quote, complicity in the abuses and unsafe conditions thousands of LGBTQ plus students endure at hundreds of taxpayer-funded religious colleges and universities. Mm -hmm. So these students, like a couple dozen of them, I think, all said our religious schools get taxpayer money for secular reasons, Mm -hmm. but also we are unsafe here as LGBTQ students. So, hey, government, do something about this. Don't give them a reward Mm -hmm. in the the sense of federal funding if they're going to keep doing this. Mm -hmm. That case is still ongoing. We don't have a resolution on that case. But what she said in the lawsuit is that when she was 19 and a student at Baylor, she was harassed on campus and online because she's queer. Mm -hmm. Specifically, this is what I didn't see in a lot of articles, Someone left a Bible outside her dorm room with all the anti-LGBTQ passages highlighted and put a note on the Bible that said, I'm praying for you. Is that harassment? Is that religion? This is the question at the heart of this controversy. Yes, Yes, that's harassment. Another student. that's harassment, Hemet. Hemet, that's harassment. Stick a pin in that. We will come back to it. I put a... Bible at your door and yes. highlighted all the passages where they say that dark skin is bad. Mm-hmm. I think it would be pretty easy for us to connect the dots and say, hey, that's racist. And keep in mind, the anti-LGBTQ passages in the Bible say things like, if you are guilty of doing Don't. Uh, uh, this, Don't yeah, death. we're going to execute you. The government should execute you. All the hate preachers left and right that I've been uh, posting clips of on Twitter, yeah. that's their whole game, where it's like, well, Leviticus says if we had a righteous government, anyone guilty of uh, being gay and acting on it would get executed by the government. Finally. So those are the passages someone highlighted and put in front of our dorm room. Uh, with a little note. Another student left post-it notes on her door that just had three letters on it. F-A-G. Yeah. And we're still doing this? We're still doing this. We're still... So this is what she had to deal with on campus, right? I don't even get that second one. There's no Bible involved in that. That's a straight up just putting a slur on someone's door. That's That's just a hate crime. That's just a classic hate crime. It turns out there's a few more things that was mentioned that were mentioned as well. Students at the school kept trying to start an LGBTQ student group. They called it Gamma Alpha Upsilon, which in Greek would spell gay. Um, But their request was repeatedly denied. By By the school. Mm. They said, you can meet, but we're not going to sanction you. We're not going to call you an official organization Mm. of the school. Mm -hmm. And I will say part of me is like, well, Baylor is a religious school. They have the right to say uh, whatever they want to say. We've talked about that. But okay, they said that's another part of the pattern against LGBTQ students. Um, They also, uh, the school can set its regard here. The students who go there say, we don't see any of this as contradictory to Baylor's religious mission Mm -hmm. because even though Baylor is a religious school that is Baptist, that opposes same-sex marriage, they have a policy in place for that, Mm -hmm. and they oppose sexual relationships of all kinds outside of marriage, Mm -hmm. and that includes uh, same-sex intimacy within marriage, Mm -hmm. of course. They also said they forbid student groups from promoting ideas that are contrary to biblical teaching. And like the students fag on somebody's door. Yeah. Well, the students were basically saying our student group isn't violating Bible, the what the Bible says. Because meeting as openly gay people mm. 
we're not violating the rules of the school. So, like, we're not going against your yeah. rules. Why are you rejecting our group? Because even, uh, I guess, if you're going to go this route, even the Bible doesn't say gay people, you can't have sexual attraction to somebody of your same right, you gender, right? you can't act on it. And that's you the fundamentalist and evangelical line. Which, again, line. is absolute garbage. And I'm not saying right. that's a good thing. But her point stands well as if we're just standing around talking... That's nothing. Yeah. We just exist. Why are you mad at us about that? Because well, we want to talk about issues as students. Listen, this is a person who is both queer and identifies as a woman. They get why yeah. they have to explain themselves and why they feel like they need to be safe and have community. So again, all of these things were happening. This is stuff she uh, Penales mentioned in her part of the lawsuit. But mm-hmm. this is happening at religious schools across the country. And she even said in the lawsuit, she eventually stopped reporting incidents mm-hmm. to the school Because the response was always, wait for it, she should go to counseling. She should. Not the people who put post-its on her door. Yeah. So, like I said, that lawsuit has not yet... Something so lousy happened in Waco, a place where nothing nothing bad has ever happened there. So that lawsuit has not been resolved. Religious people being monsters in Waco? (laughs) Who's ever heard of such a thing? Next you're going to tell me the police are going to firebomb the school for no specific reason. (laughs) There's like three people who don't know the reference. I know, gang. And it's great. Just look it up. Google Waco. Okay. So this there's past a miniseries oh, and there's a documentary series yeah. and like 45 things on YouTube. <laughs> don't worry. Um, this past May, even though the lawsuit's still ongoing, has been for like two years now. Mm. This past May, the school's president, uh, Linda Livingstone, she oh, filed a formal... A lady is a president a of a school? I thought women couldn't be in uh, leadership roles in this special Christian <laughs> baptism place. <laughs> Hemet, explain yourself. I don't know, but Russell Moore probably is a fan of hers. I don't know. She filed a formal request with the Department of Education basically saying, hey... While this lawsuit's kind of like going on, uh, we wanted to just step in and say, hey, Department of Education, can we get an exemption from the Title IX rules? Because your rules force us to violate our religious beliefs. This gets a little wordy, but I'm going to boil down what her letter said to the Department of Education. The office the Department for, of Education was like, yep. Well, we're getting there. Yeah, but here's her letter to them. The Office for Civil Rights Complaints. Oh, I should say, the Department of Education... In addition to Veronica, the girl, uh, the woman I mentioned, Mm. they also got other complaints about other stuff. And the Department of Ed said, hey, Baylor, what is going on here? Do we need to come over there? Do we need to investigate this? She is now responding to Mm. their letter to her saying, we got some complaints we got to talk about. Separate from the lawsuit. Okay. And she says, the complaints at issue here allege that Baylor violated the Office for Civil Rights Title IX regulations, Mm. specifically in three situations. The university's alleged decision to basically say no to that gay student group. That's one of them. So she said, students complained that we wouldn't let them start the student group. Right. So I want to address that. She said, I want to address the university's alleged response to notice that students were subjected to harassment based on their sexual orientation and or gender identity. This gets into the stuff Veronica mentioned earlier with the Bible at her door and the post-it notes. I like that they say alleged. That's (laughs) always a fun way to phrase things. And the third thing she mentioned, which I hadn't even known was a thing, but she mentioned the university's alleged decision to pressure university media to not report on LGBTQ events and protests in September and October of 2021. I guess that year there were protests about how the school was dealing with LGBTQ issues. And the school's response was, hey, student newspaper that works at our school, 
don't cover it. Don't go there. Don't write about it. Just we'll like just Mussolini we'll would. just pretend it didn't happen. Liberty University did the same thing back in the day. I don't remember what year that was. Yeah, but because these, they're all fascists. They're like, all has, cosplaying fascists. This has nothing to do with promoting any of this stuff. Yes, but it the does. students wanted to cover the news, and yeah. the school said, "Well, the news might I don't know make gay people look normal. Yeah, Can't have the that." The truth has a well-known liberal bias, <laughs> and that is what they are trying to evolve. When you are on the wrong side of every moral quandary and you know it and you know there's no justifying what you can do to any kind of outside world then your solution is to quash it and that's what yeah. they're doing this is this is like dictatorial it's so fucked i can't don't report on the protests don't report on the protests i mean can i was you i was looking third reich i was looking for more information on those i swear i could not find more details on that cuz i really it's wanted so to insidious. so i apologize if i didn't look hard enough there but you're at college I, you're supposed to be seeking out knowledge yeah i would argue that the decision to say no to a student group no matter what type it was is within the school's right to do, even if it's a stupid decision. Sure. I would say censoring their student newspaper. Stupid idea. It's within the school's right to do. It's. I don't think it's a good journalism program, and I think if you graduate from their places well, it, that employ you, should look twice if they see Baylor on your resume. It says very clearly that we don't care about truth or journalism or whatever. We care which, about protecting our own ass, which is maybe not a good lesson for journalists Absolutely. To learn. And I'm arguing, you're right, and the school has a right to do that. And I think everyone should know the school is yeah. doing that. Okay, but that second one, our response to the, sec- the, the harassment, and they called it sexual harassment because it has to do with their sexual orientation. Sure. Um, I don't think you get an exemption for that because that's not something you could say, well, we're Christian, so sexual harassment, yeah, harassing LGBTQ people. Confused. That doesn't seem like something you ought to be able to say. Just because the harassment is wrapped up in Bible speak, like that Bible outside the uh, woman's door, that doesn't make it acceptable. And I would also argue the post-it notes on her door have nothing to do with religion. So why are you covering up for that? I would argue that the Bible, uh, it's a dumb argument, the Bible has nothing to do with religion. But the motivation (laughs) for leaving a Bible like that in front of somebody's door is not to... You're not having a theological debate there. Yeah, you're not here to (laughs) spread the word of Jesus. You're here to make that person feel uncomfortable and unwelcome. Yeah. So on July 25th, a few weeks ago, this is what made news, but not even at first because no one knew it happened. Mm. The Department of Education wrote back to Baylor and basically said, yeah, okay. So here's what they said. They said Baylor has the right to impose its religious beliefs when it comes to things like admission, who you give financial assistance to. Mm. And you know what? No one was challenging any of that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're a religious private school. You can do a lot of things that other public schools could not and should not do. But... The Department of Ed also said that applied to sexual harassment, at least when harassment means Christians using their faith to demonize LGBTQ people. And here's what it said. Like, there was a list of things the school is allowed to do. Uh, These are, uh, like, you can use religion when it comes to admission, rules for private organizations, like student groups, recruitment in who you go after to come to your school. That's fine. And then sexual harassment. And then there was a little footnote. And if you go to the footnote, footnote, it says, specifically, the university requests assurance that the belief in or practice of its religious tenets mm-hmm. by the university or its students would not constitute unwelcome conduct under the department's definition of sexual harassment under Title IX. Basically saying, 
if the Department of Education might say, hey, what's going on to these students at these schools is unwelcome conduct, it's Mm -hmm. harassment, but the school says, but if it happened in a way that other students, the the supposed suspects, said, well, I was just practicing my faith, Mm -hmm. what happens when those two clash? And the Department of Ed said specifically, um, Baylor is exempt from these provisions to the extent that they are inconsistent with the university's religious tenets. I will add one little thing there. Mm -hmm. The uh, Department of Education said, that doesn't give you carte blanche to just do whatever you want in the name of religion. We may still investigate some shit. Hmm. but But if it comes down to the idea that a student thought they were just expressing their Christianity... And that's what their decision is. Maybe We're not going to punish Baylor for that. So maybe but if, if we hang just, on, but if we think yeah. there is sexual harassment going on or harassment of gay students, and it doesn't have to do with the furtherance of a religious belief, the Department of Ed may punish Baylor. Okay. I just think that if you have a religion in which you kind of uh, preaching to other people can be realistically considered hate speech, maybe you should sort of like take a little look at your terrible religion also right yeah um i just learned something i did a quick google remember how i said i think they have a good neurosurgery program Uh uh-huh i know the head of the uh neurosurgery department and he's one of the worst people i've ever worked (laughs) with in my entire fucking life in fact i believe he's the reason i got fired from that job i hate him mikey guess what (laughs) the guy who got me fired from the cns i think is the head of this uh college that we're Talking about. R- talking about right now. They decided so, that they don't want to investigate cr- uh, rapes. So <laughs> it's a cool college all around. They did not say that. Correction. No, I think that's exactly what they it's said. not exactly what they said. <laughs> yeah. But bottom line is like for Baylor, this is Baylor's position now. Faith-based bigotry matters more to them. It should be a higher priority yeah. than the right of LGBTQ students at Baylor yeah, to have an educational experience free of harassment. You know what we should do about that? We should start a podcast that dedicates itself to calling these assholes out. Wait, we're doing it. Say it again. Say it more. Baylor is willing to put people at risk of harassment and of sexual assault because... Nope, nope. uh, Stopping you there. They didn't say that. What did they say? If it's harassment that is done in the name of religion... And they can justify that this is a religious expression or something. Okay. Well, my I have, God I have, told me that all this lesbian needs is for me to put my dick in her. So for this her is what's interesting. Straight. I feel. Why don't you tell me if that's harassment? Because both Baylor probably, and by the way, we will get into because Baylor has been in the news for other sexual harassment like that. Um, the Department of Ed, there's no indication they would let them get away with that. But they are clearly like. Here's the thing, Veronica's story that she told has not been resolved yet. My fear is with the letter that the Department of Ed now sent to Baylor, they're kind of saying, yeah, we wouldn't go after that. We wouldn't yeah, punish you for exactly that. That's exactly what I'm saying. Right. So they are telling us, and particularly us as women, and particularly, and particularly people who are queer, we are constantly being told that our safety and our happiness and our well-being is less important than X. Yes. And so once again, whether or not, Hemet, you want to take umbrage with me saying that they more or less condone rape on campus, which I understand why you think that's me taking it a step too far, I challenge you to find me a time when they persecuted a rapist. However, I just, I'm so tired of the chunk of us 
that are considered bargaining chips. I'm really, really tired of it. It's start, it's, you know, I, I talk about it when we're talking about abortion and the Democrats of that's the thing they're absolutely willing to throw by the wayside in order to get what they want. And I'm fucking done with this because this is what it ends up looking like. The U.S. government is now sanctioning the fact that Christians think that uh, harassing somebody because they want them to be Christian is cool. Yeah. So now what? So, so fucking now what, Hammond? That you're asking. That's what outside I, the like, scope of this who show. Who is there defending women? Who is there defending queer people? We are just going to keep getting thrown under the bus time and time again until this fuck country disintegrates. Because it turns out you who cannot you, run an entire country with just rich white dudes. Who are you matter at? Uh, Baylor for this position that is not surprising for Baylor, or the Biden administration for saying, "Yeah, we'll let you get away with." Uh, faith-based sexual harassment in certain cases, but also we're still going to investigate them first. Like, opening the yeah, door for what's allowed. I, I can't decide who I'm more mad at. I also, I think the Biden administration is trying to say, like, we're not anti-faith. Don't accuse us of that. But also, this is not the place to be doing that. Yeah, this is the wrong battle to um, pick if your thing is that we respect religious And beliefs. to anyone who is questioning, well, why would LGBTQ students go to a Christian school like this? Which is a question they get all the time. Also, in this people case, who ask that, go fuck yourself. Yeah, these students would tell you they don't see a contradiction in being LGBTQ and being Christian um, and there's nuance there and it's like acting on it is a different story, but like none of them see a contradiction or they might have other reasons to go to a private I also religious school. I 6,000 other reasons that a person would go to that school. Or They're your parents. To my parents. Your yeah. parents will only pay for education right. if it goes here. This is where you got a full ride scholarship. This is the only place that has your thing. You live near Waco for whatever reason yeah. and want to stay close to home. Guess what? It doesn't matter if you're fucking gay. That's you not- get to... A green Go light live your for harassment. Life, do whatever. And I just, I'm so fucking sick of people thinking that like people need special places to be themselves. But when you're in public, you have to homogenize. Like it's so exhausting and I'm fucking sick of it. So Penales, after the Department of Ed sent that letter, uh, the woman who got the harassment at Baylor, she said, quote, I know many will not feel safe returning to campus, and rightfully so. If Baylor believes it has a religious liberty right to allow us to be harassed, there truly are no protections left for us. One official at the school responded to that statement and others like it, uh, basically saying, you guys, everyone's saying, this is some, I'm quoting, broad-based exception to sexual harassment, Mm -hmm. and that's not true. We're not giving a green light to all kinds of harassment. But the the fair way of saying that then, but some harassment. Baylor has now enabled certain kinds of faith-based harassment if it makes LGBTQ students feel unsafe. Baylor says, yeah, we want to support some of that. We want to not be punished if we allow some of that in certain cases, which cases have yet to be determined. Um, Like the bottom line is that the actions that may have constituted sexual harassment by any reasonable definition or harassment against LGBTQ people may now be permitted at Baylor if there's a religious component to it. And if the government agrees with Baylor's assessment there, Mm -hmm. Baylor won't be penalized for ignoring it. Now, I, like I said, the Department of Ed said we will still investigate allegations of harassment in order to determine if it falls under the exemption. 
But to me, that sounds like we will decide whether a pitch is a ball or a strike. Mm -hmm. And everyone else is like, why is this pitcher on the mound? They Mm -hmm. shouldn't be throwing the ball in the first place. Good sports metaphor. Right? Thank you. The department's letter uh, to Baylor does not mean anything with Penales has been resolved. But it's like they kind of hinted at how they would treat that sort of story. And by the way, to answer the thing I mentioned earlier, Baylor has a long history of sexual harassment problems. This is from Mother Jones. A 2017 lawsuit against the school alleged that members of the football team committed 52 acts of rape between 2011 and 2014. Hmm. That lawsuit was settled later that year. In 2018, the school released a statement outlining its continued commitment to effectively addressing issues of sexual assault and interpersonal violence, including Title IX. But as of July 31st, the Department of Ed still has a Title IX investigation open on Baylor. So... Um, the fact that Baylor had to ask the government, hey, is bullying LGBTQ students okay in certain situations? We're cool with it. Yeah, it, that's telling. Like, if your school needs special permission to give more power to Christian bullies, maybe your priorities are messed up. Huh? Yeah. Just putting that out do there. You, um, do you believe that there are, like, good people and, like, capital B, bad people? Um, mm. Like, this is a thing I've been thinking about a lot in my own life in different situations that are not That's very philosophical, and I don't know how I would answer that. It is very philosophical. I would say no gut instinct. Yeah, I figured you would think that. I was just, um, I was having uh, some conversations with my coworkers and the people who are above us who work for a nonprofit, um, and so ostensibly are quote-unquote good people or whatever, are just constantly shitting on us constantly constantly and I think I have talked myself into believing that like well if you have a position of power and you're electing to like make people's lives under you worse that makes you just like a bad person right mm-hmm. no you're not going to respond we're not going to I mean no I I fully agree there I mean, there's so many people that fall under that definition where their joy comes from putting each other down. I said this about uh, this atheist who was online, who is hard in for uh, Republicans, basically, Mm. where I've watched enough of his stuff just because I monitor stuff. And I'm like, I've never heard this person make a joke that wasn't at someone else's expense. Mm -hmm. I've never seen this person laugh at something that didn't involve putting someone else down. Mm -hmm. It's like... And that's their whole vibe. And now imagine what happens if those people get power. And they do have power. Well, and it's those like, are the people who seek out power, right? Are oh, the yeah. People who, like, I, I mean, it's just... Like, it's not enough for me to laugh at them. I want to make their lives worse. 100%. Like, it's the, uh, the psychopath test. They talk all about <laughs> how, like, truly most CEOs have some sort of, like, psychopathy because you cannot have empathy and be successful in business. Like, those mm. two things do not, do not compute. I don't know. I'm just. I've just been kind of. I, I just keep running into certain people who are making my life miserable, and I've just kind of been sitting with that question of like, is it okay to say like this person is? See, let me tell you how to fix this. Bad person. Here's my solution to that. I just assume everyone is out to make me miserable, oh. and then if anything nice happens, it's just a pleasant surprise. Seen, I just assume everything bad's going to happen all the time. I've seen you smile four times since I've known you, so I'm not going to yeah. take your advice. But that's my point exactly. (laughs) I have a default. My default is only bad shit happens. Why? My motto in life is, why would anything good ever happen? And then I run with it. And it works. I think the 
only reason this show works is because you have that outlook and so are just like a baseline for this and I am allowed to have the emotion. <laughs> this it's is like, like bonus oh, it's episode a, shit. It's a shitty story? Yeah, I know. Just, and you're not optimistic. No. Why would I be optimistic? But you have children. Yeah, their future is screwed. <laughs> I feel I'll like be dead by then. That's fair. Honestly, <laughs> I think we talked about the bonus. I just want to say, we got to. I got to hang out with Kevin's kids again this recently. They're so fun and weird. I like them so much. <laughs> they make me laugh a lot. <laughs> anyway. All right. Do you want the one light story I have for you? Can we make that one last? Uh, no, because the other two are going to be even more depressing, and you're not going to like them. So let's go to one. Oh, oh, I see. What's oh, don't happening. worry. Oh, oh don't worry. Happening. I usually okay. don't eavesdrop on your notes, but there's so few of them. There was a clip Jumbotron. that went viral recently. Yeah, it's about jumbotrons. Wait uh, for okay. it. There's a pastor named J.D. Greer, and he used to be the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. They have mm-hmm. like one to two year terms. Well, he had a two year term recently during the pandemic. Uh, So this guy's name is J.D. Greer. He's also a pastor, like the lead pastor, at a place called Summit Church in North Carolina. And recently, he's giving one of his sermons at the end of July. And one of the things he talked about, and this was kind of an aside, a a little bit of a tangent from what the purpose of the sermon actually was, but he got really mad at people, and he wanted to basically, and I somewhat playfully, uh, criticize his own congregation. Mm. And he... Uh, he said at some point in there, like, the thing that annoys me a lot is some of you walk in late and leave early, Uh-oh. right? And he's like, that's disrespectful. I'm going to play you this clip, and it's short, but uh, we'll talk about it right after that because uh, there's a point to why I want to bring this up. It's one of the things, honestly, that irritates me about you guys that cruise in 10 minutes late or leave five minutes before we dismiss. It's not that I'm mad that you're missing part of the service. It's that you treat church like a religious show instead of a welcoming family that you're a part of. When people say that the church is unfriendly and it feels like a big production, you're the problem. Yikes. Sir, you're the one who's yelling at me right now. (laughs) He actually went on to say, I don't have it in that clip. Don't even get me started on you guys that are still sitting at home in your pajamas streaming online when health-wise you can and should be back in church. Okay. Sorry, I'm sorry. can we take one step yeah. back and tell me how big this church is? It's a mega church. It's it has it has okay. multiple campuses, maybe like a dozen campuses. Oh shit! Okay, uh, okay. So it's big. And this is our big head. This honcho is boy? our big head honcho guy. So again, to recap, he seems he's fun. I know. Uh, granted, this is out of character for him, but he was mad about something, uh, so that was him being. Can mad. I push back on that? Yeah, sure. It's out of character. For his public person. Sure, I sure. I fucking guarantee Thank you. you this is how he talks to his wife every <laughs> night. So he's mad that people are showing... I haven't smiled again. It was amazing. <laughs> he sh- he's mad at people who show up late and leave early because, and I quote, you treat church like it's a religious show. Which they put and, on. And, and when people say the church is unfriendly and it feels like a big production you're the problem because yeah. you treat it like a production and some of you watch it online and you don't have to. And here's what you didn't see because this is not on video. We're working on it. After he said all that stuff, the camera on him panned out. And what did we see in the big shot? Half empty. No. Oh. The crowd is full, but you see the drum set on stage. You see jumbotrons on either side <laughs> of the guy. You see the movie screen behind him come come around look at the zoomed out image i am looking at that happened after he said all this you think this is a production (laughs) (laughs) 
So it's a friggin' Broadway stage right really? there. It's huge. And so I that was a similar was, color scheme to uh, how a uh, company was, was lit <laughs> when I saw Broadway last year. That's the reason this went viral. Because the hypocrisy oh, of the guy. The, Why um, do y'all treat this like a production? Zoom out, production. Hilarious. Again, again, this is another great example of people who have no sense of like looking toward the future. We're going to make this huge, big show so everybody comes in. And now you're treating it like a huge, mm-hmm. big show? Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> like, what By the way, if you go also, to... Also, if you're streaming something online and then mad at people for streaming <laughs> something online... Thank you. Look yes. inward. Right there with you. I looked at the church's website because, uh, like I said, they have multiple campuses, so they have a huge staff. Mm. They don't all just work at this one building. Their staff has a specific... Like, I could filter their staff by what... Uh, department they work in, there is a production department. Of course there is. And there that are, shit does not have my accent. And there are 22 people who work in their production department. <laughs> That's how big this church is. But like, dude. There's four people who run my entire stable. <laughs> there are 22 people who literally work to deliver productions every week. So stop complaining that people treat it like a production. By the way, there are also videos online um, but I saw one estimate that said the church has an estimated uh, $500,000 worth of equipment. And some of the companies that do electronics and say, you should hire us to install like your lights and your sound mm-hmm. system and all that. In fact, you know, we worked at Summit Church for them. We did this for them and check out what it looks like. Mm-hmm. They're the poster child. Yeah. For the electronics company to say, hire us, because look what we did for the church, because look at their productions. So, like, yes, mega churches like his mm. are meant to be a religious show. That's why the audio is always, like, uploaded oh, and available immediately. The video looks amazing. Yeah. Every sermon, if you look, this this blew me away. Every sermon's basically the same length to the minute. Wow. <laughs> no. That's not easy That's to impressive. do. <laughs> um, and there are multiple jumbotrons behind the pulpit. You could see the goddamn drum set on stage. Yes, it's... And the disconnect um, between and, his words and what's actually happening and here. Truly, Amazing. from personal experience, my husband was a was a film major, and w- back in the day when he was trying to find like industry jobs, he was like fucking every other thing was Christian. Like yeah. they they pour money into this shit. And oh like, my god, yeah, I know people who have like God. We've talked about it on this very show. People who've worked on those kinds of things because it's like. They're the only ones who are hiring for oh, like yeah. production. You're shit. a musician. Yeah. You're a back back uh, background. Vocal. Yeah, backing, backing vocal, background musician and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, where can I find a gig right now? Mm-hmm. It might be a church, but it's it's the audacity of a preacher demanding that his clients consume the product the way he feels is it's appropriate. So like, entitled. I don't care if you like or don't like Taylor Swift. She's never going to say you can only enjoy my music in these situations at this time in this I do place. I feel like there have like, been incidents just, of musical artists chastising audience. <laughs> Audiences for being rude, but not truly, the good but ones. also they're not priests. <laughs> like they're not supposed to be spiritual like, leaders if, of people. If Greer actually cared about church members working on his schedule, Uh-oh, here goes then, his type five. Uh-huh, Latecomers mm. wouldn't be allowed to get in. You could just shut the door at the time. Yeah, you ever been to a Broadway show? You mm. can't get in if right. they, after they live started. streaming would only be available for those who had like medical reasons or requested it for personal reasons. Need a doctor's note. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to happen because the goal of these churches, mega churches, evangelical ones, is to broadcast the service to as many people as humanly possible. Uh, one commenter somewhere pointed this out. Don't want church treated like a production? Don't create a production. Yeah. Right? 
Um, and honestly, given how fast Americans are running away from organized religion, he should be consider himself lucky anyone's watching at all. Have you heard, or has anybody spoken up from that church to be like, hey, fuck you, dude? Because like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm truly wondering. You mean to I, him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I'm sitting in that audience and I'm listening, we're, we're, you know, I've shown up, I, I've done my thing. And my dude comes up and chastises me like I'm an eighth grader skipping study hall. That's not a good vibe that he's sending. I don't want to get scolded at church. Well, they do want to get scolded think at church because they're sinners. Why would you be five minutes? It's a domination think thing. about what might happen if you're five minutes late to church. That means you woke up, you probably ate breakfast really quickly, had to get your kids in the car, which is a whole ordeal, had to dodge traffic in Waco. And then you got to church and you were a few minutes late, but you made it because you thought this was important. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you wanted to beat traffic on the way home. Maybe the last 10 minutes of a service is the bullshit and announcements and money and you don't care about maybe any of that stuff. you have shit to you do have with shit your to do. life. But they showed up. And my God, if you're live streaming it, like actually live, mm -hmm. live streaming it, you're setting, you're putting this on your schedule. I want to show up to watch this live and not on video later on. Yeah. Like you, Greer should be thanking all of those people. Cause like you are suggesting, it is so much easier to be like, well, if you don't respect me, guess what? I'll leave. Yeah. It's so much easier and it's so much more fun. You guys I must hate going to see Dodgers games. <laughs> it's I've a done joke that. about how Do the Dodgers fans come in the third inning and leave in the sixth inning. I listen. I've been to Cubs games, and I'm if if the score is lopsided, I will tell my friends after the eighth inning, I'm out. Bye. I swear to right? God, my dad and I have the exact opposite views on that because my entire fucking life he was that Cubs are losing, fuck it, like right. we're leaving, whatever. And it's always Cubs are losing because of Cubs. Of course. And I think one time maybe I missed something kind of cool. And I have <laughs> truly the world's most severe case of FOMO. Yeah, yeah. And finally, when I was old enough, so probably when I was 16 or 17, my dad would be like, okay, I'm going to the dark horse. Like, stay here as long as you want. I don't care. And then I would just find him afterward because I do not understand how somebody cannot stay till the last second because what if something really <laughs> cool happens and you miss it? That's just sort of how my life functions. Right. Anyway. Anyway. So it's just my funny joke about the Dodgers. <laughs> Greer, Greer has since responded to all the backlash he got because he really? oh, it, it got back to him. Did it? And he put out a big from his own congregants or from outside. Do you know? You know what? Definitely outside. I don't know from I, within. I'm very curious about I don't the know. congregants. But he responded. did say uh, on Twitter or whatever it's called now. I'm quote. Mm. I'm, this is a direct quote. This was a bit of family talk and is unhelpful out of context. I'm sorry for the confusion, dot, dot, dot. That's all the important stuff. So this is a bit that, of family talk um, that he was... reinforces my idea earlier that when he's, quote, unquote, never like this, he's never <laughs> like this in public, yeah. and this is how he treats his family. Yeah. Family talk. It's live streamed right? to thousands of Tell people. Nope. That this is obviously how he treats his family and his children, and so when he says family talk, he thinks... I this can is be how an you talk to your to family, yeah. and it's okay because I'm their dad. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, you're right. Like it's if, if that's what he calls family talk, mm. but also it's not family talk. This wasn't a private you and your church talking because you know it's being broadcast to everybody. And also, I saw the context. I watched the context. It was not how better much? in context. Is there a better nothing excuse? Okay, okay, okay. Really quick, think of any excuse you can think of 
that's better than it was taken out of context. <laughs> um, Trump does that all the time, right? Like you're taking these things I said, like commit the crimes, and it's out of context. It's out. Is there any better? Any better, like, complete wave off of criticism than, oh, it was out of context. This is why I appreciate so many of those right-wing watch, Media Matters places. Because they do provide, it's always like, it's never a four-second clip of Republicans saying something stupid. It's always 30 seconds, minute, two minutes. Because you get to watch the horrible things they say, and you realize, oh, this isn't a slip of the tongue. This is what they meant. Well, and it it really goes by the thing that I've, I've heard people say about the Republican Party or Trump generally, is that every... Every, well, uh, every accusation is a confession. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all projection with yeah, them. Yeah, 100%. So, ugh, what yeah. assholes. Like I said, if if he doesn't like people showing up late, just wait till they stop showing it all. Well, and also there's, as somebody who teaches students, there's better ways to get your message across than being a fucking prick. Oh, yeah. Why don't you try doing something interesting in the first few minutes yeah. and at the very end? And instead of, like, just yeah. slow walking into your it's point. value add, my dude. Mm-hmm. You got to earn that share. Give me a minute-by-minute schedule because I know you have it because that's how these of sermons are course. to the minute, too. I bet that... I bet that shit is tight as a drum. Mm-hmm. I bet there are is nary a foot stepped out of place, nary a false note. I bet it is tight as hell. And I frankly have to respect that. Again, Mussolini trains, etc. You know, you got the thing done. There's some impression there, right? Yes, exactly. Did you hear? I'm gonna skip ahead to this other story, which we're back to the disturbing part of the podcast. Oh. Um, did you hear that? In the Rio Grande River in Texas, on the border, uh, the it's government the Texas divides Texas from Mexico. Thank you. The state of Texas put buoys in to block refugees from crossing the river, like Jesus would. Yes, and between those buoys are what? Sharks. Circular saw blades. No. Yes. They I hope put. I covered the mic earlier enough. You did. Otherwise I Circular saw blades just to be extra cruel the to any refugees who may try to do point. it. So here's the reason I bring this up. People are monsters. In haven't. defense of the death blades, the refugee death blades, uh, a bunch of uh, Republicans filed an amicus brief in defense of what Texas is doing. Remind me what amicus brief is. Uh, hey, we are not part of this lawsuit, but we like what they're doing. Um, and they said, hey, courts, you should agree with Texas and Wait, the death and blades. I'm Texas? getting there. Oh, okay. uh, because Noah's Ark is where they went with this. They cited Noah's Ark in defense of the death blades. Uh, well, um, so I will tell you why, because there's well, no way in hell Fuck you're you, going to figure this I know out. This absolutely. Yes. Uh, in the Bible, um, God had to kill basically 99.99999% of the human race because they were sinners, and only Noah was saved because he was God's chosen one. And therefore, if you die in the water, um, it is indicative that you are a sinner, and sometimes people have to die to create this new world for us all. Am yes. I close? Not even. Really? So here's the way this works. I will try to explain this as a non-lawyer. The Justice Department, which says no death blades, they sued the state. No death blades. (laughs) (laughs) The Justice Department sued Texas, basically saying you can't put a structure or an obstacle in a federal river, basically. This isn't a one tough mutter race, gang. These are people (laughs) trying to save their own lives. The law says, and this is what the Justice Department argued. 
You can't put a structure or an obstruction in a navigable river without our permission. And Texas put the buoys and the death blades in the Rio Grande without our permission. That's it. Shark as a joke, and it's worse than shark. (laughs) And so the government's saying they violated the law. These buoys and death blades need to be removed. And Texas is like, counterpoint, fuck you. Yes. Yep. Texas responded. The Republicans defending Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, argued, well, this part of the Rio Grande is not navigable. You like you don't then see boats do coming through this, buoys? so we don't need because boats can't cross it, but refugees are. So we need to murder them. So the Republicans defending Greg Abbott are saying this is not navigable, so the law doesn't apply. Obviously, now, it is navigable because people are trying to cross the river at that point. Therefore, the sure. buoys and death saws. And I will say there are actually other arguments that contradict their claim that this is not navigable. Wait, wait, the Republican Party isn't being intellectually dishonest to get their racist agenda through, are they? Yeah. So, and by the way, there are many people who would say, even if you said it was not navigable, uh, you still don't have the right to stick obstacles in this river overseen by the government. So here's how the Bible enters the picture. Because this week, several Republican lawmakers, part of the Texas Public Policy Foundation, some right-wing group, they were saying, like, we believe the courts should side with Texas and leave the death blades in. Why? Because you say... You're debating whether or not this is navigable or not navigable. And the government says, well, if it's navigable, then we have control over it and you can't do these things. So here's what they said. Well, when in the book of Genesis, Mm -hmm. it says the entire world was once covered by water. And by that logic, the government could say everything is navigable and that would be unfair to us. Therefore, you should ignore what the government has to say. I'm not joking. That is their argument. Wait. I will read that again Wait, for no, you. No, 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 no. Don't yes. read it again because I think I got it the first uh-huh. time and I don't want to hear those words uh-huh. again. So they're saying that because at one point, according to the Bible, the yeah. whole world was flooded. Yes. Then technically any part of the world w- was once navigable now, was by w- boats large enough to carry significant amounts of livestock. And therefore. Therefore. That, those, anic- those stories would render any structure built anywhere in Texas an obstruction, and but, that would be unfair to us. But so. nobody's suggesting they do that. What? They're just... I, I'm interested in where water is right now, which is the Rio Grande, which divides the United States and Mexico, which I haven't heard how Mexico feels about the death blades, but I feel like we didn't ask their opinion. And no one cares about their opinion in Texas. Uh, Slate's Mark Joseph Stern pointed out, this resort to young earth creationism should tip off the reader that Texas has no plausible legal argument in this case. And again, what are they doing? If you back up for a second, they're using the Bible to justify death saws against refugees trying to save their own lives. That's And really, that phrase, if one takes the book of Genesis literally, that's always a dead giveaway. That's They're about to say some crazy shit. Big if. That if is <laughs> doing a lot of heavy lifting. Do you know what else is in Genesis? Incest, rape, genocide. Like, well, you're not supposed to take it literally. Well, if you take The Lion, the Witch, and Wardrobe literally, then every closet actually goes to a magical Christmas land <laughs> where the talking lion and a white witch and Mr. Tumnus, who wears a waistcoat. Um, nice. So, legally, nobody can enter their closet without a passport. So, that's what I am going to say, because if one takes The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe literally... <laughs> 
<laughs> then one cannot pass into a foreign land without one's passport. Thank you. Just everything. last week, do you remember we talked about that uh, Trump-appointed judge who said, I have a historical example of God speaking to Adam in the Garden of Eden, and that's why lawyers for Southwest have to go through religious liberty training from a Christian that. hate has group. Has that changed? Um, Southwest has now filed a counter motion saying, uh, you, what the fuck are you doing, really? judge? I don't know where, where it'll go, oh, but they are fighting back against it. Okay, well, I'm glad I'm a Southwest um, I should say, fire. I'm saying it off the top of my head, I don't know if Southwest pushed back against it or like the government push back mm-hmm. against it. We'll see. But I don't know where it's going yet. But uh, man, I didn't see Christian nationalism uh, coming into play that way. That's so devastating. It, it truly is such a neglect for care of humanity. It's horrible. It is. It's horrible. It is. I got one last story for you. Really? Um, and it involves Tennessee. Oh, uh, the governor of Tennessee, his name is Bill Lee. He was elected in 2018 and he's basically made religion a centerpiece of his administration not surprising for a republican in tennessee but now we found out that his republican allies because they have a legislative trifecta in tennessee they uh will be spending 1.2 million dollars of taxpayer money to boost religious groups and no one knows where this money is going or how it's being used and here's what happened like just to give you some background here on this guy before Mm. i get into the story um when COVID hit the state and Tennessee got hit especially bad, yeah. uh, Bill Lee, the governor, limited indoor gatherings to 10 people. But if you were a religious service, you didn't have to follow that rule. Right. Uh, so that's like having an umbrella with a hole in it. It doesn't work. Honestly, you can't do It's what's Neil deGrasse Tyson's thing. Like, uh, it's ugh. like having a pool with a peeing section in the corner. Like, no, oh, you can't funny. just do that because everyone's affected. So one church hmm. responded to that by hosting a three-day maskless, maskless New Year's Eve blowout. I mean, listen, I've never wished death upon Christian people, but they seem to be wishing it upon themselves. Uh, they took care of it in that case. Yeah. Um, Maybe bef- that's why religion is, is like participation in religion is going down. They all fucking died. Yeah. They are hurting themselves. Um, before vaccines were available, Bill Lee announced a plan to deal with the COVID crisis. Do you know what he did? Ooh, um, sprayed hand sanitizer. You're not going to believe air. how dumb this is. Well, the thing I said is pretty dumb. It was dumb. Okay. Uh, he formed his office of faith-based and community initiatives. Sure. And they started sending out prayers three times a week for <laughs> one month. Three times a week. Yep. Twelve. That's not even. 12 prayers total and no mask mandates. I thought you were going to say three times a day. That's the minimum <laughs> of prayers I need nope. to be Like COVID. Monday, Wednesday, Friday prayers. Hold off for the weekend. Back to you on Monday. I mean, you got to take your Tuesday, Thursdays off, you know? Of it's course. It's for you. It's God. He needs several days off. So oh, months shit. later, when Tennessee was suffering the most COVID-19 infections per capita in mm. the nation, uh, what did he do then? He declared a day of fast- fasting and prayer. Hey, if you're fighting off an infection, you should put food in your body so your body has fuel to mm-hmm. do the thing that you need it to do. So, okay. so he still has this Office of Faith-Based and Community Initiatives. Mm-hmm. And it's always been a volunteer type of thing. Uh, it, or maybe private funding helped out or anything. Um, but the thing is, there are ways a group like that could be beneficial because you want to bring together large communities and there are secular reasons you may want to tap into religious communities to get out messages, to get their help, to raise uh, funding for charity, things like that. They, they do fine work. They can do fine work without proselytizing. Um, but there's no indication 
those groups are doing anything not secular. But here's the new thing. The budget for Tennessee, starting now, includes $1.2 million for this Office of Faith-Based and Community Initiatives. $1.2 million. And according to the Tennessean newspaper, the money will go to hiring five new core staff members and six community liaisons. But outside of the plans to hire new staff, no one seems to know where the money's going. The government's office has no budget records detailing how the office will spend the money. There's no list of groups they've worked with, even as a non-funded organization. Uh, no records that explain why they need $1.2 million. Right, like, and it's already been awarded? Oh, yeah. It's, it's budget stuff. Like the huh. Republicans in Tennessee said, oh, religion wants money? Check. And they passed it. Cool. Um, and it's legal. And the, so here's the and thing. is it that they didn't have to justify what their budget was or Republicans didn't care enough to listen? I think it's the latter. Okay. I think they didn't care because no one, I mean, there would be a record of the office saying, well, we need X amount in our budget mm. to pay for this. And again, if they're saying the money is going toward 11 staffers in various roles, mm-hmm. okay, but then what are those staffers doing that requires them to be these uh, paid positions, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's run down some things. This is from the Tennessean as well. They're not paying for social media because the Twitter account for the office hasn't been updated for a couple years. X the account. face X account. The Facebook page has been dead for uh, nearly a year. No one on those pages, even when they were active, promoted anything except Christianity and Judaism. Uh, the volunteer board doesn't consist of anyone outside and those what religions. They say they're doing. Uh, they don't say that they don't doing. say anything. They're just hiring people to fart into chairs. Yes. Um, this is also from the I Tennessee. Somebody's got to do it. Those chairs aren't going to fart themselves. As of August 11th, the website URL for the office mm. redirects to a Malaysian lottery website. <laughs> what? Like, what are they doing? That was my favorite part of the a article. Malaysian lottery. I clicked on it. I went to the website for the office and it looked like a spam page that opened up. Oh, that's so yeah. good. Yep. The Malaysia exec- too. Very what a specific. Wonderful place right? to pick. The executive director, his name is Lance Villio. He's the guy in charge of the office. Um, he's now going to be making $165,000 a year mm. and a $12,000 car allowance. Mm. Um, and he said, that's just what happens when you have us, it's a, it, we have a small team. I got to get a lot of stuff done, which is shocking to anyone who does way more. Who actually has a small team and has to get a lot yes, of stuff done exactly. and gets paid minimum wage for it. Uh-huh. I don't know. I can't think of anybody in that situation. His assistant makes 48 K a year and apparently doesn't update One shit. third of, uh, I don't want to yeah, talk close about enough. pay discrepancy, but go ahead. But yeah. Um, so where's this money going? Like, which groups to are going to get pockets, the funding? Hammond. Mm. Which groups are going to get the funding? How will the office make sure one religion doesn't get preferential treatment and that. that smaller religions aren't left to fend for themselves? Well, the Tennessean found that of the 84 groups uh, Vilio met with since running the office, mm. three of them were non-Christian, and meeting with them is a far cry from working with right. them. Um, so what has she found? Like, what have they done since they were uh, there? Here's what the Tennessean found. Bought a yacht. <laughs> under, its <laughs> previous, <laughs> under its previous director, the office facilitated an initiative to encourage Tennesseans to pray for state leaders, which 900 people signed up for online, basically. It also drafted guidance for houses of worship to continue operating during the pandemic, 
and hosted calls to help victims of natural disasters navigate applications for state and federal assistance. I will grant you that's a good thing. I'm glad they ran a phone booth or phone bank to help people who needed help during natural disasters, but that's one for like whatever else. The office also created a portal to map churches, nonprofits across the state and started a podcast to feature nonprofit leaders. The podcast has not been updated since 2021. Well, podcasts they, are hard to keep last up. Last sensor. The office also launched a Tennessee Hope Line to offer connection and encouragement for older adults. Uh, actually, I love that. The phone number has been disconnected. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> right? <Woo>! So. <laughs> you got me there, Hammond. Woo! You sure got me. Yep. Oh, that's very funny. So, again, this goes back to... This is what they did when they were just, the governor said, you can form this group and you have my support. Um, and if there are funds to raise, we'll raise them privately. Mm. And now they're getting taxpayer money to do what? They have 11 staffers now or room for 11 staffers. God, I'm what just are they going to do with this? The grant applications I have filled out <laughs> and the hours of work yeah. I have put we in want to get $500 to do this $500 for yeah. my barn so I can serve an underserved community. <laughs> and these motherfuckers are taking $1.2 million and shitting on it. it yeah. Well, it when they're not truly, kicking black people out of their legislature. Tr- oh, my God. Truly, there are days like today that I feel like the inequity is more than my little brain can handle. I just don't know. I don't know. Because what happens this when you bad. elect lots and lots of Republicans? No one is looking into this stuff. I just, my heart hurts so badly. <laughs> I'm so tired and sad. It is frustrating. And yeah. with that, oh, that's I figured, how you leave me? I figured that's the happy note to end on. Cool. Yep. Great. Um, well, you I, can find me oh, at yeah. uh, Hemet Meta on whatever the thing is called now. You I, can find me on YouTube under Friendly Atheist. If you're near <sighs> Canada, I assume all of Canada is near Toronto or something, but I will be in Ontario next week speaking at Baja Con, B-A-H-A-C-O-N. Oh, if fun. you Google Baja Con, you could find their information um what else thanks to anyone who watched the atheist experience last week that's online now if you want to check that oh, out how did that get, oh, we'll it was fun we'll we can talk about it in bonus um and if you want to support this show go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast donate whatever makes you feel happy okay whoa where okay. do we find you? you i mean i don't know really nowhere um I mean, I haven't been on whatever Twitter is now for a billion years. I, I'm on Facebook. I'm trying to get up on Discord, guys. Can you? <laughs> I, I'm genuinely trying. I replaced, like, this. Look at this is the pl- place where my Twitter app used Ooh. to be. And I replaced it with Discord as, like, a reflexive thing. Because yes. I kept accidentally opening it. But I just don't understand how it works. I can't. Yeah, you got to be part of the right dumb. communities. Um. Wow. Okay. I was going to read this. Um, Review, but look how long it is. Oh dear God! So I'm not going to read that. I can't one. tell if that's good or bad. I oh, it's five <laughs> stars, so who gives a shit? So I'm going to read this one. Um, great show. I also pathetically, I might add, put on Facebook like, "Gang, it's not <laughs> that I care what people think of me, but our star rating is starting to drop because of these really bad reviews that are mostly about me." Uh, so this is me just absolutely being a, an asshole and asking for compliments. Okay, this is from Deadhead Chip. Love that. Uh-huh. I look forward to listening to I look forward to listening to these two every Friday. Hemant is very intelligent, well organized. His analysis of the issues 
Disgust is usually usually unpoint and succinct. Jessica provides your actions, color commentary, and personal anecdotes that make this show work. Jessica is hilarious and smart and passionate. Tune in. You'll be glad you did. Oh, thank That's really you. That's nice, Chip. That's very, very nice. I, I'm going to read this whole long one from uh, Stress Save it Technoid, for bonus. but not on. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll read it on bonus because it's um, genuinely so very long. All right. We will see you all bonus episode. Otherwise, next week. Have a good one. Goodbye.